Good morning. Hello. Welcome. How are we doing today? So I'm posting this episode on a different day than I usually do, but I wanted to take Easter weekend to just chill and reset my brain. So it's Wednesday this week, but that's okay. So this is the final episode, and because of that fact, I thought I'd do some quick snapshots of a few more issues that I care a lot about, rather than going into a lot more detail about them. Today I'll be tackling gun violence, human trafficking, climate change, child labor, and a few others at the end too. It's going to be another heavy and possibly emotional episode depending on your own personal history. So as I'm talking, just be aware of yourself and how you're feeling. Okay, let's get started. Let's uh, start off strong with gun violence. Uh, Yeah, great topic. People really love this one. I'm kidding. Um, Okay, so TheGuardian.com is my first source today. It is American, so the information is American as well. But as Canadians, I think we pay more attention to their politics more than ours anyway, so whatever. Um, Okay, so I'm just going to be saying like some facts and then talking about sort of like what you can do and everything. So first fact. It is rare for the number of gun violence and ownership in wealthy countries to be as high as it is in America. Um, I saw a graphic that had a horizontal line and a vertical line crossing the middle. There was a cluster of red dots near the intersection at the northeast side. And that represented wealthy countries and where they fell in terms of gun ownership and gun violence. Then there was one solitary dot so different from the others that it didn't fit on the graph. That was America's dot. Number two, more Americans have been killed due to gun violence since 1968 than in every American war death put together. In 52 years, more people will have died from gun violence than wars that have spanned more than 200 years. Number three, approximately 33,000 gun deaths happen every year and only 1.5% of those deaths occur in mass shootings. Two thirds of those deaths come from suicide, 1.5 to 2% come from accidents. And number four, while 33,000 deaths occur on average each year, 70,000 people are injured by gun violence every year. This is obviously an issue, so how do we make it less of one? Preventioninstitute.org gives a nice little list. Um, So one thing you can do, or we can do like as a society, is encourage some more sensible gun laws to be put in place like ones that make it harder to acquire so many and such powerful weapons. Regular people don't need military-grade firearms, and they definitely don't need 12. Um, We can establish a culture of gun safety, one that educates and teaches people how to use them, what they're for, and when it is and is not appropriate to use them. We can hold the gun industry accountable and ensure that there is adequate oversight of sales. Um, require safe gun storage at sale of product and also at an enforced legal level. Um, Community levels, or sorry, community level measures, um, which educate and provide resources for those at risk of using guns to harm themselves or others. Establish links between culture and gun violence and anger and gun violence. Start breaking it down as to prevent said gun violence from happening. Okay, now for a hard turn into climate change. A much safer and calmer discussion than gun laws, I think. 
So if you don't know or you aren't really sure what climate change exactly is or you've heard a lot of explanations as to what it is, it's the changing of climate patterns over time. It is a natural occurrence. Um, An example of this is the Ice Age and the melting of it, which flooded a bit of the Earth. But um, even though it's something that is supposed to happen and happens naturally, the reason it's such a big issue now is because the Earth is warming a lot faster than it's supposed to. And that is because of human activity and human error. So let's talk about it. Um, NASA had a neat little website. Um, (laughs) They had some uh, tabs across the top of their page, and one of them was labeled evidence. So here's their evidence. The global temperature has risen 1.62 degrees Fahrenheit since the late 1800s. So the average temperature has risen that much in uh, math, um, 220 years. (laughs) Um, It is largely driven by increased carbon dioxide and man-made emissions into the atmosphere, and it is increasing right now ever so slightly. Most of the warming has occurred in the past 35 years. So in 220 years, that average temperature has risen, but in the past 35 years, it has done most of the rising. That makes sense. Um, (laughs) shrinking ice sheets are occurring very, very quickly, and the glaciers are retreating. The rate at which sea levels have risen in the past 20 years has doubled in comparison to the past 100 years. And since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, surface ocean waters have risen by 30%. They too are rising right now as we speak, just like the global temperature is. The top 200 meters of the ocean have warmed 0.4 degrees Fahrenheit since 1969. So, in 51 years, the oceans have gotten warmer. Like, noticeably warmer. That's fast. NASA also gave me some causes of global warming, some explanation as to why this is happening, so let's go over them. Uh, One of the reasons is the greenhouse effect. You've probably heard of it. This is an effect which traps heat from escaping the atmosphere due to certain gases like water vapor, nitrous oxide, methane, carbon dioxide, etc. Um, I'll give a little description of what each one does. Water vapor is increased by heat and creates more clouds and precipitation. Carbon dioxide is a small component of the atmosphere which can be increased by fossil fuel emissions, deforestation, respiration, volcanoes, etc. And since the Industrial Revolution began, humans have increased CO2 by a third. Methane is naturally occurring, but can also be man-made. It can be increased by agriculture, rice cultivation, decomposition of waste, and livestock. Um, Nitrous acid is a powerful greenhouse gas, and it can be produced by soil cultivation, especially commercial or organic fertilizers, fossil fuel combustion, biomass burning, and nitric acid production. And finally, uh, chlorofluorocarbons, or CFCs for short, are synthetic compounds of industrial origin. So they're entirely man-made, and it's been proven that they've largely contributed to the destruction of the ozone layer. Um, The second cause we'll talk about is human activity. Excuse me, just a second. Um... (coughs) 
my goodness. Got that tickle. Um, okay, sorry. So the second cause we'll talk about is human activity. A big group of smart scientists concluded a few years ago that there is more than 95% probability that human activity has increased the warning, warming of the globe in the past 50 years. In the last 150 years, industrialization has raised CO2 levels from 280 parts per million to 412 parts per million. Now let's talk about some effects of climate change, other than just the obvious warming of the planet one. Uh, so these are effects that are predicted to happen in the future. Number one, temperatures will continue to rise. Um, growing season will lengthen as it has been in the U.S. since the 80s. There will be precipitation changes, meaning um, more or less rain and snow. Um, there will be more droughts. Uh, hurricanes will become stronger and cause more devastation. Flooding will increase due to sea levels rising. And ice-free summers are predicted to happen in the Arctic by mid-century. Okay, so um, climate change is a thing, it's bad, or whatever, why should we care? Well, because these things impact people. And a core value of humanity is caring for others. The earth is on the line, people's lives are on the line, their livelihoods are on the line. And we should care about that. And it's that simple. Okay. So now we're going to take another hard turn into some rather sad territory now. Human trafficking. Human trafficking is the buying and selling of humans for the purpose of forced labor or sexual exploitation. And it is a topic that we cover a lot in a couple of my classes at school. So this just felt like one of those things that I had to talk about. Publicsafety.gc.ca gives quite a few facts that we'll go over. And now, this is one of those heavy topics that I prefaced earlier, so be aware of how this is affecting you. People of all ages, races, and genders are affected by this, but women and children are the most common victims of trafficking. Those most at risk are Indigenous women and girls, migrants and immigrants, LGBT individuals, those with disabilities, children in the welfare system, at-risk youth, and the financially disadvantaged. 20 to 40 million people are currently in modern-day slavery today worldwide. That's quite a range of numbers, and the reason for this is that we know exactly how many people are currently victims of this, but we only know the known ones. And it's predicted that there's a lot more that we don't know of. So that number, that range of numbers, accounts for all the unknown but probable amount of people who are currently in human trafficking or being trafficked. 71% of the victims are women and girls, and 29% are men and boys. Human trafficking is the second most profitable criminal activity in the United States. And illegal drugs are first. Canada announced an investment of $57 million for five years and $10 million each year thereafter to combat human trafficking and support victims. This is called the National Strategy. The point of this plan is to empower victims, prevent it from happening, protect those at risk, 
and prosecute human traffickers. So how can civilians make a difference? State.gov gives some examples. One, you can learn indicators and report it when you see it, or if you think that you see it. Support and buy products that were not made by victims of human trafficking. Do your research before supporting a certain brand. You can support efforts in your community, province, state, and country. Um, be informed and inform others. This is one of those things where the more people know about it, the more can be done about it. You can donate to anti-trafficking organizations. You can show support to survivors and those who may be at risk of being trafficked as a preventative measure. Okay, and now for our final, like, defined topic, child labor. Equally as sad as the prior issue and quite connected. Child labor is work which deprives children of their childhood potential and dignity. Theworldcounts.com gives some facts about it. So, more than 200 million children in the world at any moment are laborers. 120 million of them do dangerous or life-threatening jobs. 73 million of them are under 10 years old. The majority are in sub-Saharan Africa. The main causes are lack of schools and poverty in the family. Most children work on farms that produce cocoa beans, coffee beans, rubber, cotton, and other crops. Most chocolate brands get their chocolate from the Ivory Coast, which is strife with child laborers, by the way. 20 million children work in factories which produce toys, carpets, garments, matches, and hand-rolled cigarettes. That's one of those health-hazardous jobs. Um, why it's wrong do I even need to explain? First of all, children should develop in a positive environment. We know that. People, even children who aren't laborers in Canada and America and well-developed countries that don't face this issue as much as some other countries, um, we know that children should develop in loving environments with parents and with fun and with um, the ability to express their feelings and stuff and all that. And child labor messes with that. And it messes with kids' mental and physical development as well. Children deserve to have fun before entering the workforce. Childhood is an important time, and if adulthood is defined by working and making money because it's what we need to survive, then childhood should be defined by fun. Fun's important, and it's so depressing that so many kids don't get that. Because no matter where child laborers are in the world, where they're from, they're still kids. And they deserve every privilege in life. And what can you do? You can refuse to buy products from companies who employ children. And because of capitalism and that whole supply and demand thing, those companies will be forced to change their ways in order to make their profit. And the easier one, educate yourself and others. Again, it's one of those things. The more people know, the more people can assist in stopping it. And now for a little miscellaneous section for this miscellaneous episode. Um, so at theworldcounts.com, where I got my child labor information, um, I found lots of other counters, which gave me some other information, like in the form of like numbers, you know. 
um, on some various topics that I just wanted to throw in here. So we have four. Number one is at this rate, in about 28 years, we will have no more seafood because all of the fish will be gone or dead or inedible due to pollution, climate change, and fishing. Number two, at this rate, in about 80 years, there will be no more rainforests because of deforestation. So all of those resources the forests are being torn down for will also be gone. And then it'll almost be like it was for nothing, maybe. Um, also, no more of those resources is not the only issue. Um, people live in the rainforest. And if we keep going at this rate, that will be like homes, communities, little tiny societies lost. That's not okay. And also certain species of animals and insects will be lost too because they're already endangered. And then other species will become endangered. So that's just a problem. Uh, number three, at this rate, we have about 48 years until all of the oil is used up. And number four, over 1 trillion terajoules of solar energy has hit the earth this year so far. Only 20 million terajoules of electricity has been used this year, and 155 million terajoules of energy have been used this year. The point is that solar energy could totally power the world at this current state if we invested in it. And in 48 years, when all of the oil is gone, we just may have to. Or we could do it now and stop hurting the planet with fossil fuel emissions, maybe. Hmm. Um, it would be a slow process, it would be a gradual process, it could not happen overnight. But I do honestly believe that it is something worth doing, especially since oil will run out. It doesn't last forever, and we will have to find an alternative. Okay, that's all, folks. Um, for real, this time, it's over, which is absolutely crazy, because this has been only a four-month process, really, like, since I first started thinking about this and planning it. But... I don't know. I definitely feel like it's one of those things that's going to stay with me. Um, this began as a school project, actually, and while I did this with the intention of informing others, I think I learned a lot, not only about topics through like my research and my discussion of them, but also about myself and what I truly believe about the world and society. So even if I didn't impact people like I hoped to, I impacted myself for sure. So I guess that's something. Okay, enough of that. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something or felt something or were compelled to consider something or do something about something. But no matter what, I hope you enjoyed this whole process like I did. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, may you live your life through other people's eyes and with an empathetic heart for all of humanity, all of humankind. Bye.